0: Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network. For the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on sports culture and entertainment, head to rivercityrogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover podcast. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm recording this on March 17th, 2017 from the Tuscaloosa studios of the podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope you're enjoying NCAA March Madness as the first round is underway. Yesterday, I think I had one of the worst days I have ever had in terms of my bracket on the first day. So, hoping today will be a little bit better. But, yeah, my bracket is already busted. I can have confidence that I will not win any bracket pool this year, which is totally fine fine with me but I'm back in Tuscaloosa because the Alabama women's basketball team continues playing basketball getting a little March Madness of their own Alabama last night won in the first round of the women's in IT had a very strong victory against a very good Mercer team so the Crimson Tide are advancing the second round of the tournament that'll be on Sunday against Little Rock at Coleman Coliseum a 2 p.m. central start time and really hope people that are getting back into town From spring break, will make their way to Coleman and really enjoy some women's basketball coming up on Sunday. Coach Curry's team is a different team now. I think the SEC tournament was a really transformative time for Alabama, and we're starting to see the best basketball we've seen out of this group all season long at the right time in March. So I think Alabama has a good chance to win on Sunday and continue making a really deep run into this women's NIT. But I am back in Tuscaloosa after what has been a very busy couple of weeks. Uh, the last time I recorded a podcast episode, in the episode that featured Courtney Lyle, I previewed what was coming up for spring training with the Miami Marlins, and I had a great week in Jupiter, Florida, and West Palm Beach with spring training with the Marlins. Uh, I got to announce four games on Marlins.com with Kyle Seeloff. Second year in a row, he and I have been able to team up for these webcasts, and it was just a terrific experience. It was interesting, the Marlins did tie two games that I announced uh, games against the Washington Nationals and also the St. Louis Cardinals because in spring training nowadays, especially with a week longer spring training, you don't even like to play a 10th inning now, so if the game's tied at the end of nine innings. That will basically be the end of the game right there. But got to see some cool things. Uh, Got to reconnect with a lot of former Jacksonville Suns and some future Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Guys like Dylan Peters, who will likely be the opening day starter. He was very impressive in his outing against the Washington Nationals, and then you Look at the likes of Brian Anderson, JT Riddle, uh, and a guy that we'll feature on the podcast coming up, Austin Nola. Really impressive to see him as he continues to make the transformation from being an infielder and a very good shortstop in the Marlins system to being a catcher. And he should be the opening day catcher for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp this season. So that's exciting. Had a really fun week again with the Miami Marlins and really appreciate the Marlins Radio Network for allowing me that opportunity, not only to get to work with Kyle, but I also got to. To see Dave Van Horn and Glenn Geffner, the two Marlins radio broadcasters, got to see them away from the ballpark and catch up and really had a terrific time. It was also a lot of fun last week in South Florida to make the trip from where I was, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, for the Marlins and the Astros last Saturday. To Marlins Park and see Team USA take on the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic last Saturday night in Miami. Over 39,000 fans at Marlins Park, the biggest crowd they've ever had for a baseball game there, and it was Rocking! Uh, The Dominican Republic fans really took over the ballpark, and it was mostly, even though the game was on U.S. soil, it felt like a Dominican Republic home game, especially the section I was sitting in, along with some members of the Jumbo Shrimp front office. Uh, It was incredible. Everybody had a flag, everybody had some noisemakers, and really got in on the fun. The USA took a 5-0 lead, but then with Manny Machado's home run to make it 5-1, it's almost like the ballpark woke up, and just bit by bit, uh, the Dominican Republic kept coming back huge home run by Nelson Cruz to put the DR in front Sterling Marte had a home run after that to make it even more of a party and then Jerry Samilia shut the door on the USA in the ninth inning and set up just a crazy celebration and it reminded me yes of playoff games but I think more than anything it reminded me of going to an SEC football game uh, at a big time school like Alabama or Tennessee it kind of had that feeling and the people were just so happy to get that win for the Dominican Republic even sitting in traffic waiting to get out of a parking garage near Marlins Park they were still playing music they were still jumping up and down and celebrating as if a run had just scored it was that kind of feeling outside the ballpark well after the game was over that was really fun to see and I think I could speak for everybody with the jumbo shrimp that went and for a lot of people I've talked to that made their way to Marlins Park for that game it was just an unforgettable atmosphere and I mean it was people standing and being nervous with nobody out, bottom of the sixth inning. They, it had that same kind, kind of feel for a playoff game in the bottom of the ninth, but it may have been even louder. So incredible atmosphere. I uh, really have enjoyed keeping up with the World Baseball Classic. I know the Dominican Republic won last night against Venezuela. Tonight, USA will play Puerto Rico. Look forward to catching some of that game as well. Uh, it's an event that... It's not without its controversy, the World Baseball Classic, but I think after attending it firsthand, I understand it a little bit more, and I really do wish that the USA, some of the best players, would try and play in the event a little more, even though I know the loyalty, for the most part, is to their Major League Club, which I certainly understand, but there is something special about that event. I'm glad it's once every four years, and I'm glad that everyone can get excited around this time of the year for baseball like they are. I mentioned Alabama is making a very good run in the women's NIT, and that was really based off a good run that Alabama had at the SEC tournament in Greenville, South Carolina, a couple weeks ago. And during the quarterfinal game against Kentucky, I had a chance to catch up with the new director of athletics for the University of Alabama, Greg Byrne who, of course, has a great resume. His father was a longtime athletic administrator. Byrne himself has been the athletic director before at Mississippi State and also at Arizona, and he was doing very well at Arizona when Alabama came calling, and he is now in his third full week as the director of athletics, but he was just in his first week only in his third day on the job back when he and I had the chance to catch up on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, and I think you'll enjoy getting to hear from him and see his vision for what can happen for University of Alabama Athletics. It was my pleasure to catch up with Greg Byrne. Halftime from Greenville, South Carolina, in the quarterfinals of the 2017 SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. Kentucky with the lead, 32 to 26, over Alabama. Roger Hoover now pleased to be joined by the Director of Athletics for the University of Alabama, Greg Byrne. Only your third day on the job, is that right? It
1: is. It, it's, the three days have gone <laughs> quick, but it's not it been uh, It's been a, a great week so far, and it's great to be over here in Greenville with, with our women's basketball program.
0: And you got to be proud seeing the scores roll in the last couple days, maybe watching the games as well, just how Christy Curry's team has performed.
1: Yeah, Christy's been doing a great job, obviously uh, made a lot of improvements in her time here already at Alabama. Uh, but to beat Tennessee three times in a row now, uh, twice this year, uh, beating Vanderbilt the first day, those are obviously two historically very good programs. And that's uh, good, good uh, steps for us. And uh, Kentucky got up on us a little bit here, but we made a run here at the end. And let's see what we can do in the second half find ourselves a way to keep this thing going.
0: Hey, you mentioned Kentucky. You previously worked at Kentucky, also some time in Mississippi State before you went to Arizona. What's it like to be back at an SEC tournament and getting to wear an SEC color once again like you're wearing crimson today?
1: It's very special, and hopefully I'll be wearing crimson for a long, long time uh, just to be part of the University of Alabama and what that represents. Uh, I, I can't tell you how honored I am, my wife Regina. Our boys are going to finish college where they are, but but at the same time, too, they're now big Alabama fans. and. We have such great respect, and great respect for the conference, too. Uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, has been a guy that has been a friend of mine for a long time and somebody that I really admire, and I think he's doing a great job as the commissioner. And so it's, it, I just love the, the passion of the fans, uh, the universities in our conference, and uh, for a chance to be at Alabama, I can't tell you how fortunate we feel.
0: What was your perception of Alabama as a program before you uh, started thinking about maybe becoming the director of athletics here? Because obviously you know the success with football and other sports throughout, but what was your perception of this department?
1: One of the best athletic departments in the country. And uh, not obviously what the success of Coach Saban and the football program has had, the, the history of Coach Bryant and everybody else tied to Alabama football is, is remarkable. There's not, nothing better. And at the same time too, uh, look what's happened with gymnastics, look what's happened with softball. You know, baseball's had a lot of success in the past and I'm confident Coach Goff will get us there. I've really been a fan of Avery, uh, Getting to know him as well. And I think there's really good times ahead for al- Alabama men's basketball. And But the reality, and I, and I told President Bell this, and, and he has been so supportive uh, of, of what we're trying to do. Um, I think whatever we do out at, at, at Alabama, we should be al- out go- have the goal of going out and competing at the very highest levels. And I think we have a great opportunity to do that. We have done it in the past, and I hope we can do that across the board in the future.
0: And you had a situation in Arizona where you're doing very well, very comfortable uh, with the Arizona Wildcat family. What made this job attractive to you, for you to make a move like you've done going from a great program in Arizona to now Alabama?
1: Well, I, I tried to nicely explain to the folks that at Arizona, it's Alabama right. and what that represents. And and I and I told the story before, but I, I'll always remember my first trip to Tuscaloosa in 2002. and running through the campus and seeing Denny Chimes and Bryant-Denny Stadium and the President's House right in the center of campus and, and watching the growth especially in the last 10 years of it and being, over, being here a number of times during the last 10 years, I, sh- I, I just greatly admire the University of Alabama and what it represents and Regina and I are just beyond humbled but more than excited about uh, getting to be a part of the University now.
0: Well it's been a very busy time for you making the transition from Arizona to Alabama but for you in your first days and weeks on the job what are your priorities right now as you get to know Alabama better? Well
1: I'm trying to spend a lot of time using my ears and using my eyes listening and reading and and uh, and seeing what uh, goals and objectives we already have in place. Coach Battle did an incredible job. Uh, Mal Moore, Coach Moore before him he's a guy I knew very well and and uh, always would sit next to him in the meetings whenever I could. And uh, the the growth and and what's been able to happen uh, under their leadership, uh, President Witt, now uh, Dr. Bell, uh, just to – I'm going to learn, and then as time goes on we're going to say, okay, here's what our priorities are. But that's not going to be me saying that as an individual. It's going to be us doing that collectively as a department with our coaches, knowing what's important to our student athletes, what's important to our fan base as well.
0: While you're here at the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, just how much do you enjoy watching women's basketball games and the role that this sport can play in the athletic department? It can
1: play a great role. I mean, look at the growth of of women's basketball in the SEC, and obviously Tennessee's incredible history. Uh, Kentucky's had a lot of good teams in the past years. Uh, uh, South Carolina, what's taking place there. Uh, The reality is in the Southeastern Conference, whatever sport you're in, uh, you should be able to compete at the highest levels. And there's been great growth in the Olympic sports uh, in the Southeastern Conference. It's had an impact on other conferences at, throughout the country. And, uh, and so I think uh, women's basketball itself great story tradition in the SEC, but uh, we want to make sure at Alabama we got a chance to be at those high levels as well in the future.
0: I'll let you go on this. This has been a time of change really in the Southeastern Conference for athletic directors. Tennessee yesterday named one of your friends, John Curry, the new director of athletics, Scott Strickland, goes from Mississippi State to Florida. Is it exciting to be part of this wave of younger, like almost a second generation coming in of athletic directors in the well, state?
1: Yeah, obviously we're all going to be replacing some great athletic directors and and uh, and, and who have meant so much this conference, but uh, Scott Strickland is one of my best friends, John Curry is one of my best friends. Now we're going to want to beat each other, I guarantee, on game days, but at the same time too, it's really special to get a, a chance to be around those folks. Mitch Barnhart at Kentucky, a uh, guy that's uh, offered me a lot of opportunity over the years and I wouldn't be where I am without him. Jeff Long at Arkansas, you go through the list of all the different ADs, and it's a really, uh, really special time to get a chance to be all around all of them, compete against one another, and I think it's really good for our conference.
0: Well, it's a very exciting time. We're glad you're on the job now in Tuscaloosa. And how can fans reach out to you? How can they interact with you on social media?
1: Well, I I like Twitter. I have a Facebook page, but I don't really use it a whole (laughs) lot. So uh, that one I'm probably going to get rid of. But uh, people tweet at me. A lot of them already have. And uh, occasionally I'll respond to a couple of them here or there. But it's great to have that interaction and get to know our fans through that manner. And it's a way that literally you can reach thousands. I was talking to Finest Gaston on our staff yesterday. uh, And just we were talking about Twitter. It came up somehow. And, I said, hey, look at look at these numbers here, real quick. And just a couple of tweets this week, I think it generated 200 and some thousand. Uh, uh I don't know if it's clicks or just people had seen it. That's that's great exposure and it allows you to uh, communicate and build relationships uh, with with your fans across really across the world. And so we won't go over the top with it, but it's a great tool for us to engage. And I look forward to getting to know our fans through Twitter a little bit.
0: Well, Greg, I think uh, speak for everyone with the women's basketball program. We appreciate you being here today in Greenville. Thank you as well for joining us for the first time on a women's basketball broadcast on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Look forward to getting to know you better. Yeah, same here.
1: Thanks for having me on. Roll Tide.
0: Well, Greg Byrne has one of the best jobs in all of college athletics, and I know he's really thrilled to be in Tuscaloosa. Even saw him last night at the women's NIT game that Alabama won against Mercer, and I've seen him at softball before as well. So he fully is locked in, and he is going to be a very visible and good director of athletics for Alabama. Well, this weekend, I'm just mainly going to catch up on some NCAA tournament games and also get ready for Alabama's second-round matchup on Sunday with Little Rock in the women's NIT, and then after that, whenever Alabama's run is over, get back to Jacksonville and continue getting ready for the start of Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. It's coming up, and it is going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of crazy how close we're getting now to the start of the regular season, but I can't wait to get started. I think this is going to be the most anticipated season in the history of of Jacksonville Baseball. But I thank all of you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. And until next time, play the waltz, Roy.
1: I remember the night and the of